by the time you hear this podcast, you'll want to revive whatever gangsta and blues is. For the record of the year, the nominations are. And the Grammy goes to Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 94. All right. And uh, thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened to it so far or watched us on Facebook Live. We definitely appreciate it. And um, and uh, we hope that you continue to support this podcast, this award-winning podcast. What awards have we won? We don't know yet. Okay, I was going to say, like, wow, I, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I was waiting. <laughs> so, um, yes, thank you for everyone for, for supporting the podcast so far. Um, if you want to tell people about it, you can find us, of course, on Facebook at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the word you. That is also our website, by the time you hear this.com. We are also on social media at 
by the time you hear this on Instagram, spelled with the letter U, because we're urban. Yes, we are back to being urban. And, uh, well, because we are. Yeah, yeah. We never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we had to protect ourselves, but um, I think now we can be free. Yep, definitely. Be free. And that is also the spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. And if you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. Free 99. Yes. And if you want to listen to us on the go, uh, if you're on the train or if you want to avoid that annoying coworker uh, by putting in your earbuds, you can listen to us if you have an iPhone on the Apple Podcast app, a.k.a. iTunes. If you have an Android phone, you can listen to us on the Google Music app. That's where you find the podcast. We are also on TuneIn Radio, Auto Radio, Overcast, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, and of course, Podomatic, and any other place where you can find uh, podcasts in an aggregate format. And if you want to search for us, uh, you can go to listennotes.com. It is a search engine for podcasts who give clear and concise notes. Go to listennotes.com. Uh, on our last episode, uh, we talked about... Uh, what did we talk about? Oh, yeah, the parental advisory. Yes. Parental advisory. The parental <laughs> advisory uh, label. Um, and, and it's titled... Tipper didn't want to be responsible mm-hmm. <laughs> for what her kids listened to. Nope. Uh, she tried to blame uh, Prince and Snyder, Snyder <laughs> for everything. Uh, so if you searched parental advisory label or sticker, then you may find us on listennotes.com. So let's get into the show here. We do have a guest returning. Um, it this is has in, uh, to be at least 10 uh, It feels like it's 10. I think you might be at like five or six. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's it's good to have you back here. So we have Brandon, a.k.a. Father Clef, (laughs) a.k.a. Hawk Jones. (laughs) Hello, 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 hello. As always, it's great to be here, guys. Hey, hey. Great great having you on, man. so uh, we'll at, we we're asking guest questions. Um, I was I was gonna I'm surprising you with this, but it's not too bad of a pop quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what music are you listening to right now? Right now, I am. I literally just added the. It's, I believe I'm saying his name right, but is it Troy? Is it Troy Sivan? Sivan? Oh, Troy Sivan, yeah. yeah. Troy, is it Troy or is it Troy? I've always heard Troy. I've, I've heard Troy. I literally just added his album to my list of things to get into because I really like the My 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 record. Okay. okay. I haven't heard anything besides Blue Neighborhood, so I haven't. I didn't know he had new stuff out. I know he did a song with Ariana Grande, but they're like best friends oh okay that's cool but she's best friends with a lot of people <laughs> and you know what that's how that's that's why i added it because i was listening to her album and well i i well the whole we'll we'll get into that <laughs> okay. i was listening to her album but i was listening to her album and browsing social media and she was talking about him a lot okay and i didn't even know his album came out but yeah all right um well, well, yeah, we're going to get into uh, 
Ariana Grande's music in just a little bit. Um, but let's start with uh, some news here. Um, actually, we're going to start with the the. I, I think like every time something with Prince comes up, we talk about it. Yeah, we're, we're um, Prince fans. Yes, makes sense. So Prince is coming out with a new. Uh, well, not him per se, but uh, his estate is releasing um, an LP called the Piano and Microphone LP. It has nine songs um, from his uh, it's sparse arrangements of his songs. You know, his his final tour was Piano and Microphone tour, in which he would play his songs with just simply a piano. Uh, so, um, this is from, this is called piano and a microphone 1983. And it has, um, arrangements of different songs, including 17 days when doves cry. I'm sorry, not when doves cry. Um, a song called good God, which is sound like James Brown. It says, uh, also, Purple Rain, Strange Relationship, and a cover of Joni Mitchell's A Case of You um, that he just played on a, and recorded on a cassette one day this at home. Interesting. I hope it's not poor quality. <laughs> so what I'm going to do right. here is, uh, once I can pull it back up, Okay, my uh, uh, I don't know how <laughs> if I could stall to bring it back, but um, th- there's uh, what was released as a single is his cover. Well, not his cover, but another version of 17 Days. And we're going to play it. And uh, this is the first time we're all hearing it. All right. Nice. Is that my echo? You could hear me. 
Okay. All right. So, uh, what's your initial reaction? Uh, start with Ben. <clears throat> it's not bad. I mean, it sounds cool. I guess I'm just more of like, hey, man, let's. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of releasing. Um, I'm not. I guess I'm not a huge fan because I do like some demos, but I'm not a huge fan of releasing a demo like that. Okay. Yeah, with like, oh, term, give me this my microphone. I do this. I do that. I mean, this, the quality wasn't that good. It's, you know, yeah. Uh, Brandon, you still there? We may have lost him. I think we did. Because oh, I only turned down the music. Okay, we'll get Brandon back in just a second. <laughs> um But uh, I think, uh, like, I liked it. They're fast. <laughs> Jeez. They're fast. Um, well, there's already a copyright claim on, on us playing that song. Uh, just came out. <laughs> this all came out today. Warner's watching, man. It's ridiculous. All right. Um, even claim it was just for commentary purposes only. That's normally what I have to say. Mm. I'm going to call him back. What if Skype tried to uh, <laughs> claim a copyright on their, <laughs> on their ringtone? So what you've missed is that uh, <laughs> we got a copyright claim for playing that song. <laughs> oh, already, already. Um, yeah, they matched thirty-two seconds of audio owned by Warner that Magic is Group. Hilarious. Mm. So. Uh, The audio is for commentary purposes only. So uh, I didn't didn't realize they did they did that type of thing like live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's happened before, but um, Facebook is normally not so. They, I didn't expect it to be this fast, like as we're recording. Yeah. So I'm putting in the dispute just for commentary purposes. 
All right. So, um, uh, from what you heard, Brandon, what did you think of the, uh, the sparse version of 17 days? From what I, from like the 15 seconds I heard, um, I, as always, I like hearing, like, I like hearing, I'm, I'm a Prince fan. I just like hearing Prince be Prince, <laughs> but it's always weird. It's, it's, well, going forward, it's always going to be weird to hear, like, newly released stuff knowing that he is somewhere cursing. Oh yeah, cursing yeah. at Warner Brothers right now, and that Prince doesn't curse. <laughs> He's finding himself like, too. <laughs> he is saying a whole bunch of exploitive deleted. Yeah, he already didn't have a great relationship with Warner anyway. No, uh, he's the reason that they uh, that he put slave on his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. But that that song was released under Warner, but the song, I mean, this recording itself, um, oh yeah, it's it's released under license of Warner Brothers. So. Yeah, there's no there's no way he would be okay with all of this being out. No, and which is, I guess, kind of the messed up part of it all is that once again, not to be conspiracy, dude. He is proven to be more valuable dead than alive. Yeah. Than alive. These companies are they're just making money off of him. And I mean, and it's not bad, but what I was afraid of is that it would be like there was a um a Hall and Oates record that was released like years after they had you know, they weren't relevant anymore. And it was of old demos similar to this one. Mm-hmm. Like the recording quality wasn't very good, and it was you could clearly tell it was a cash grab. And I feel like that's what this is. It's a cash grab. Like now, had there been like a really good quality, like finished product that you could tell that he would have stood behind, maybe that would have been better. But you can kind of tell like this was a cash grab. Like, let's find something new that people might like and release it. And they're probably spit out the, you know, Prince would have wanted his music to be shared with the world. No, no, not like this. He was very vocal about Prince. was a per- Well, that too. But Prince was also a perfectionist. So I don't think Prince would want demos getting out. Prince is a, perfect, a perfectionist so much that he will point at his band members during. He, well, he would because he's dead. He would point at his band members doing during shows, and you made a mistake, you get fined. Like he was a perfectionist. Who's so he shared with the world. No, sorry, oh. I was trying to pull up the Facebook feed. Okay, so um, I don't think he would be okay with this. Um, what do you think, Brandon? Uh, as far as it being as far as it being um released do you do you see it as a cash grab as well or just as a of course yeah (laughs) of course but of course they're going to dress it up as oh like he has all this unreleased things and prince fans are dying to hear it which we are (laughs) (laughs) which we are but at the same time it's like i'm happy to get it but it's like I know that he would hate this. Yeah. Like what a passion. Um, I do like it. It kind of reminds me of there's this uh, um, there's this piano player. I, I, I I'm gonna guess it's pronounced L U or Elu. It's spelled E L E W. But it's this um this piano player, and he would play 
piano versions of rock songs. And it would just be the piano. Uh, he wouldn't, he doesn't have any other instruments involved. Uh, like he played, um, is it called something to believe or believe by, uh, the bravery? Oh, just give me something. Yeah. yeah believe. Yeah, it's called believe. Yeah. He, he does a piano version of that. Oh, that song's amazing. Um, and I think he did a piano version of, uh, sour girl by stone temple pilots. Oh, I like that song too. Yeah. So, um, that's what that kind of reminded me of because hearing that, this version of 17 days, this was two years before he actually released the song mm. for the Purple Rain soundtrack. Well, it was a B-side. Yeah. Um, so uh, this song was meant for Vanity Six. Hmm. And when Vanity left the group, he kept it for himself. That's a very Prince thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is... And, well, I guess it's a cash grab for... Uh, because also... Um, his recording of Mary Don't You Weep yeah. was put into Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the estate let that go. So um, I guess it's I guess it's kind of uh, sad but also exciting mm-hmm. that oh yeah we'll get to hear some unreleased Prince music but we know it's something that he wouldn't have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I um I do I do like the recording. I'm interested to hear the the rest of the LP. Um but yeah, I I I won't feel guilty about listening to it. I don't know yeah. about you guys. I don't I won't necessarily feel guilty. I'll just be upset with the with the um with the quality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, the next story we have here is uh well, the summer's not over yet, even though it's September, but summer is going to be going on for at least two more weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's summertime, so that means rat beef. Uh, we started the summer with Drake versus Pusha T, and now we have Eminem versus MGK and Joe Budden. Uh, so Eminem, of course, dropped an album out of the sky, Kamikaze. Uh, he disses a lot of rappers, including Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> and somebody on his own label, Joe Button. Joe Button needs to be dissed. Well, <laughs> he's, he isn't on the label anymore. <laughs> okay, he was on the label. He was yeah. then. Okay. Um, so from anything that you've heard from this new album, uh, Brandon, what what do you, do you think of any think of anything about it? I actually think it's solid. It's a lot better than what was that revival? What was the last yeah, one? Revival. It's a lot better than that. But I don't know. Like Eminem is. I don't. I don't think Eminem can make songs anymore. If that makes sense, as opposed to he just raps really well. Hmm. And like, there's a difference between rapping. There's a difference between rapping and just saying a bunch of words and like rhyming a bunch of words. Sometimes he just sounds like he's like rhyming a bunch of words. Like for instance, Chris Chris Delia Delia 
the comedian, he put out a, a video uh, saying this is what the Eminem album sounds like, and like he's just like rhyme, rhyming orange and just saying like random things like using way too many napkins, African flack, but the acting, the acting, stuff like that. Like that's like everything Eminem has done up until now. Like part of the album is that, but it's good to hear him like be focused. I guess I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what Joe Budden said to get the right quote. Um, uh, parental advisory uh, for the <laughs> for this quote. Newsflash, M. I heard the album, and because I think you don't really remember all the members that were in the group, I don't think you really know our history. Let me tell you what Joe Budden has thought this entire time. I've been better than you this entire fucking decade. Can't say that back then. Can't say that back then, but in my rapper brain, I'm a content nigga. You gotta say something. You have not said anything for the better part of a whole fucking decade. You have rhymed a bunch of words. Mm. I never really took him to miss someone who would say something. He just writes about himself. (laughs) Like his biggest songs have been about himself. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I never. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's not. um... There you guys go again. Okay, there we are. Okay, there we go. You're saying he's not wrong, but. I wouldn't say he's wrong. Like, because Eminem is a very, a very special case in the, in in terms of rapping hip hop. The thing is, no one's ever. Eminem has always gone at like, other artists that mainly can't defend themselves. <laughs> like, there's a bunch. Like, Eminem has a bunch of songs of him like going at the Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. Everlast. Yeah. Who wants to hear an Everlast this track? Uh, Everlast rap battle. I'd be curious, but I imagine it'd be boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's like good. Like he's gone at a bunch of people who, like, can't. I wouldn't say can't rap, but can. Like, how are you going to respond if you're a singer? Instinct should have released a diss track. Format that is one of the chili hold his own in a rap battle, and obviously, as we've seen, so can MGK. Do you think that if Instinct released a diss song or Backstreet Boys, would they have a a choreographed dance to it? Well, duh, (laughs) they would have to. Yeah, they would have to. Five mic stands, white sheets all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing in the wind, candles, and all that. Yes. A random man in the background playing an acoustic guitar. Aw. Sounds so soft. It's not a diss track. This is a... Why did you make fun of us track? (laughs) Why did you... (laughs) Why did you say mean things about us? So he didn't. I'm trying to remember who, because there is a um, video that listed everyone he went at, and then the people that he, I guess, he considered good. So he didn't go after Kendrick Lamar. He didn't go after J. Cole. I think there was another person he didn't go after, but I know he went after like Lil Pump. 
and I remember if my mind says red and picked up J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Joyner Lucas, Hobson, and that's it. All right, I think. But as for everybody else, well, I don't think he said anything about Drake. Well, no, he didn't say any. He didn't say anything specifically about, about Drake. <laughs> I'll say that because there were a lot of words. I'd like to hear Drake fire back in Eminem, just because it wouldn't be fair. Drake probably interesting tired. to see those two fan bases collide. Yeah, it would be. Drake Drake is tired. Bunch of. <laughs> Bunch of like forty, fifty year old people going at a bunch of teenagers. Like he came at um he came back at Pusha T and then Pusha T came out with story of Adi Don. And he, and done he hadn't nothing. done anything else. He never responded. Well, he, or he just went back to his own career. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? I'm going home. Yeah, he took <laughs> his ball what, and that's left. what he did. I'm going home. I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. That's essentially what we got here. Uh, so I'm interested to see what his response to Machine Gun Kelly would be. The only thing I really, I don't know any songs by Machine Gun Kelly, but I know for two things. He was in the movie Beyond the Lights. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and was. he was on an episode of Catfish. Oh, he was? Yeah. I know Till I Die. And I know, um, a little bit more. Oh, wow. I know Wild Boy and a song called Least the Fuck Up. He did a song with Camila Cabela, uh, where they took the fastball song. Oh yeah, was out of my that. head. It was out of my mind. Yeah, she. They kind of. Oh, inter- that was him. Yeah, that was Machine Gun Kelly. I didn't know it was him at the time. I until I decided to try to find out who this MGK cat was. That is, it could have been a riffraff. I'm out. And know. there was also a time <laughs> when Machine Gun Kelly got power bombed on Monday Night Raw through a table. Oh boy, that's hilarious. I did not see that, but I was. And allegedly, he got punched in the chest <clears throat> sixty-five times at a show. I don't know how true <clears throat> that is, but it's extremely hilarious to think about. That's good. Yeah, like I heard. Who was counting? I heard. <laughs> who well, was I, counting? Sixty-five <laughs> times. Someone I used to work with said that he came into the like a Windows store or something like that and like trashed it. He's supposed to perform there, and I guess something was not to his liking. He completely trashed the place. He asked for no green M and M's, <laughs> and there was a green there M&M. was a green M M&M. and M. I needed like, a USB C. He just like <laughs> <laughs> just trashed it. He was like, uh, "This isn't Service Pack 2. <laughs> <laughs> just trashed the plates. Oh man, Service I Pack. Swear, two. I turned off my Windows updates, but it keeps updating. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, Ben, can you pull up the charts yeah. for me? And uh, we'll do that part last. But with this next uh, short, keep this short as possible here. Um, there's a story that came out in Rolling Stone. Uh, Ariana Grande released her new album, Sweetener. And the question came up, is Trap the new pop? Um, Brandon, what, what do you think? Is Trap music the new the new wave of pop music today. I, I would say yes. I would say yes. It's a it's a combination of trap and this Caribbean house <laughs> sound we got going now. Yeah. With with the uh, with the high pitched up vocal vocal samples in the background. 
uh, or tro- I've heard it called Tropical House. Tropical House. Because no one knows where the Caribbean is. Nope. <laughs> like, oh, it's like Brazil House? Uh, you know. uh, palm trees. <laughs> like, it's something but a beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this article that came out, um, they're talking about Ariana Grande, but they're also referencing um, the the songs that are popular with that sound. Uh, Selena Gomez's Fetish, Taylor Swift's Endgame, Demi Lovato's Tell Me You Love Me, Kelly Clarkson's Love So Soft, and Whole Lot of Woman. Love So Soft is gangster. That song is so good. So um, trap the trap sound is being embraced. So, um, well, you know how I said that uh, all music popular in America came from black people. <laughs> this is another example. Yeah. So, Ben, what do you what do you think about trap being the new pop? Definitely more so than snap and crunk. When it came out, like it has definitely been more embraced in in the um, public lexicon than those two were. Um, trap music is everywhere, and I think it's because trap like rappers, these trap I guess trappers, trap rappers, don't trappers. mind being celebrities, like more so than their you know than their counterparts. I know their counterparts more so than their predecessors. They're really out there, and for the first time, you're seeing trap artists. You're seeing like real rappers, like credit credible rappers, Juicy J, you know, getting on Dark Horse, um, the Migos getting on Bon Appetit, uh, Future getting on Endgame with Taylor Swift. Like you're starting to actually see pop artists actually reach out to these rappers and say, "Hey, do you want to get on a song?" And the rappers are saying yes, <laughs> and that's making it, you know, like they were already, you know, on the charts. And I guess you could even say to a certain degree, even though he's not a trap rapper. Kendrick Lamar on Bad Blood with Taylor Swift. Yeah, that was what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Which was probably one of the more, I don't want to say daring, but it was pretty, like, to put Kendrick Lamar, granted, I know he was popular, but their music styles could not have been more different. I think it was more risky for him. Yeah. Like, for him to go and do that, and for her to even know who the hell he is. I was, was that a Max Martin song? No, I don't, I don't know. But I know she was dancing to his music. So she was a big <laughs> fan. It had been established. She was a big fan. And she went and did a remix, which most pop artists don't do remixes. But she went and did a remix of Bad Blood. Um, and it became really the only version that anyone knew. Because the album version does not have yeah. him on it. It is a Max Martin. So. It is, okay. It is Max Martin. Uh, Max Martin can make beats, man. I'm telling you, man. Max Martin needs to do the next Migos record. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, you know man. How great that would be. Well, they would sell a lot of because it'd be it'd be and no offense to Mike Will made it or you know Zaytoven or any of these guys or Metro Boomin. It'd be beats with pop sensibilities. So what do we need more, Max Martin with Migos or Max Martin with Nickelback? Both. Do I have to choose? <laughs> <laughs> I can only like a Max Martin Nickelback album. Like a throwback style Nickelback album might be the catchiest thing we've heard in like two decades. Like it'll be like it'll like I can only I can only imagine like that that sounds like that should like sweep the Grammys, like stay on the charts, <laughs> like break all the records. <laughs> hey Brandon, what do, what do you think? Do we Max Martin Nickelback or Max Martin Migos? Which one should be first? If Max Martin had to like prioritize, he had to prioritize. 
I would say Nickelback because they may need him more. Oh yeah, they, they definitely need him more. <laughs> no, they definitely need him more. And I think so. It's funny because like if you listen to Shock Value, uh, I think it's Shock Value too. It'll be cool. They... Huh? Oh, he just cut out again. I was listening. Okay. Okay. okay go ahead. Um, I think if I, like I was listening to Shock Value too. There's a song that Timbaland has with um, with Chad Kroger singing the hook, mm-hmm. and it made me wonder why didn't more DJs go to Chad Kroger to sing hooks or whatever? And it's just like because they're just so uncool now, and that really made me sad because I, I'm telling you, man, Chad Kroger singing on some hooks on like a Calvin Harris hook or something would be like so dope, and like he could write the hook because he's good at it. <laughs> It'd be a great hook. Maybe his voice is too out of out of style. Two nineties, too early two thousands. Well, not that not that it's out of style, but it's it's it would not definitely pop. stand out. It would stand out. It it's would not pop. I mean, that's why we get somebody like like someone with Calvin Harris, who he's always going to get. He's going to he's going to get Katy Perry mm-hmm. and Rihanna, and well. Once upon a time, Taylor Swift. Yeah, once upon a time, <laughs> not anymore though. Um, but it'll get like as far as a male voice, it'll be somebody like Neo. Yeah, um, it was someone who has the someone who is pop. I don't think going outside the genre. Um, yeah. that's too. That's a that's a huge gamble. I yeah. mean, we could talk. You know, remember the uh, Chris Cornell album. That, that Timbaland produced. Everyone just lambasted, and it's not that bad a record. I love that. That album was what got me into Chris Cornell. Yeah, Chris, um, not Chris Cornell, but um, Trent Reznor bashed it on Twitter um, openly. Like, it's not a bad record. Not, I feel like we got off topic. But, no, I, I do believe that Trap is the new pop. Um, it is, it's, like I said, it's being hugely embraced, and... Um, I, I think it's going to be like that for until the next style comes along, because that's essentially what pop music is. Whatever's hot, it takes. You know, if country music was really hot right now, which I, it kind of is. BB Rex and Florida Georgia Line just had a I'm hit. About to say, they are everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I do feel like some of these country artists are trying to, you know, take elements from EDM, from rap music um, and throw that into their music. So, I, you know. I really think country music is really just trying to come in and and do what they got to do to try just to try to get on the map somehow, you know. Bro country, as they call it. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Mike, who was uh, I think he chimed in on the on the Eminem Joe Budden discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. He commented, "Pump, pump it up. <laughs> <laughs> which is the only song yeah. I have ever heard by Joe Budden. Yeah, the only one. I didn't listen to anything else on that album. I haven't listened to Slaughterhouse. I haven't (laughs) listened to whatever mixtapes he came out with. Nothing. That's the only stuff. Well, Joe Budden is a one hit wonder to me. Yeah. Fight me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Joe Budden might fight you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so let's get to the charts really quick before we get to Ben's earworm. you put the Billboard 200, so I got the Hot 100. Okay, hold on a second. So we'll go to the uh, Hot 100. Number one, still number one for the last eight weeks, In My Feelings by Drake. And I'll ask you this, Brandon. Uh, is this a good song? 
<laughs> it's catchy. I'll give it that. It's catchy. Is mm. it a good song? Ah, what constitutes a good song? <laughs> um, I think we got our answer. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we got, yeah. Like, do you have to do that dance to oh, for- enjoy the song? Oh, yes. No one's just listen. Well, I don't know. I know for like, me. Like, can someone I'm sit not- and listen to the song? I, well, for me, I have not listened to that album since the day it came out. Likewise. Although someone put um, that one where he used Michael Jackson's vocals on our playlist this weekend, so it came up a couple times, but I have not listened to it on my own <laughs> since it came out. But someone's listened to it. Yeah. Um, so it's still number one. Uh, number two, Girls Like You by Adam and the Levines, featuring love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Number three, I Like It by love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Uh, featuring Bad Bunny and J Balvin. Number four, Better Now by Post Malone. Excuse me, Serious Malone. <laughs> Number five, Fifi by Rainbow Bright the Rapper, featuring Nicki Minaj <laughs> and Murder Beats. Number six, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Uh, number seven, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Number eight, Taste by The Returning Hairline, featuring Offset. Number nine, Love Lies by Khalid and Normani. And number 10, God is a Woman by the strongest ponytail in the game. Still holding it down. <laughs> and by holding it down, I mean her hair. All and, right. What do you have for the Billboard 200? All right. So at number one, new one number on the charts, uh, Love Yourself Answer by We're Still a Little Worried About Them. Mm. Yeah. But maybe not so, so much now. Two number, I think they just released a single, too. So. Yeah. Two number one albums, so maybe we don't have to be as worried. Uh, number two, Astro World by Travis Scott. Number three, Scorpion by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. So someone's listening to it. Yeah. If it's number three. Uh, Sweetener by the strongest ponytail in the game. Uh, Queen by Nicki Minaj. I'm thinking of calling her batshit crazy, but we'll see. She's she's pretty batshit Barbie. To free uh, the Harriet Tubman of rap. The Harriet Tubman of rap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Sirius Malone. Aura by Ozuna. Hmm. Okay. Um, Okay. Number eight, 17 uh, by XSX Tentacion. Uh, Number nine, Goodbye and Good Riddance, Juice World. And number 10, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's because of all the Cardi B we listened to this weekend, thanks to Kendra's friend. Um, Invasion of Privacy by love and hip-hop legend Cardi B. Oh, that's surprising. Quite. I was looking for Greatest Showman. Let Not me this see. week. It is, it's, it's just out at number 14. All right, so for the Artist 100, number one, they put out a new single. Um. We're still worried about them. A little bit, though. Yeah. Just a little, though. Not as much. <clears throat> number two, The Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number three, Travis Scott. Number four, The Strongest Ponytail in the Game. Number five, Sirius Malone. Do you take him seriously? Not ever this weekend. I heard a bunch <laughs> of songs by him. Again. I was just like, grow up. <laughs> number six, XXX Tentacion. Number seven, the currently retired 2K Legends. Number oh, eight. They didn't make it this year. I don't think they no, did. They, no, they weren't on the soundtrack. Uh-uh. 
Number eight, um, the Harriet Tubman of rap. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine, love and hip hop legend Cardi B. And number 10, the most influential artist in black music. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, snap. Allison Chains was at 13. Are they touring? They must be. That's cool. Um, what's interesting, another, well, uh, we talked about on the last episode, because she died, Aretha Franklin was number four. She is number 27 this week. Uh, and somehow, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but Tentacion went back up. Well, he had two two albums in the top um, twenty, so yeah. I mean, people are still. I understand people are still listening to his music, mm-hmm. um, and there might be another album coming. Let's not print him, people. Just keep releasing stuff. Or in his case, he'd be Tupac'd. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I feel like sounds impossible. I know it's a little topic, but with Tupac. There's like six posthumous albums, right? One under a different name. (laughs) Like for him. So he's got like 10 albums. So he made 10 albums worth of music in the span of three years, Mm -hmm. maybe four years. It's crazy. Well, they said all he he liked her work. They said he said he recorded songs every day. Yeah. And they can't all be good. That, well, <laughs> at least that's what they said in... So, conspiracy here. That's what they said in um, Straight Outta Compton, so that we didn't suspect that Tupac might be still alive recording music. So that's what they said. Yeah, he's in the studio every day, man. He just works, 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 works. Cut. Yeah, they'll buy that. Yeah. Tupac's I've heard, like, he's in Cuba somewhere, and that uh, someone swore, like, he was, he was living in Cleveland managing Bone Thugs and Harmony. Didn't do a good job. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll do it for our music news. Um, so Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Uh, so I took a trip to the beach this weekend. Anytime I go, I always put out a playlist to all the people who are going. I think Kendra put this one on there. But in any case, I ended up falling in love with the song. Um, it is God is a Woman by Ariana Grande who has the strongest ponytail in the game. Um, it's just like, she was just like, I don't know, every day just like, ponytail, ponytail, ponytail. That's going to be a song. Like Hannah Montana was ponytail, a song. Ponytail, 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 ponytail. Future's ponytail. already written that, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. But yeah, this song is really cool. So check it out. All right. So, uh, Once it uh, comes up here, I'm waiting for the video to come up. There's a there we I have a lot going on on this computer right now. So, <laughs> um, bear with me for just a moment. Uh, well, we can give them an update on that. So we're recording this on the opening night of the NFL season. The Falcons leading the defending Super Bowl champions three zip 
and in the first quarter. Yeah, five oh one left left in the first. So uh, I did. I was. I've been saying on a couple of different shows that if the Falcons score twenty points, they'll win the game. I agree. That's that's a fair assumption. Well, it depends. Um, when do they score these twenty points? Because <laughs> if they score them in the first half, clearly, as we've seen, they will lose. <laughs> <laughs> that's still probably that hurts. That like I try to explain to like the other half of my family from Alabama. I was like, you remember the kick six? It's like that's how this feels. <laughs> And they get, of course, like, don't talk about that game. I'm like, but, but, but you see, though, you see, that's how it feels. The way you feel about the kick six in the Iron Bowl of all games is how I feel about Tom Brady and his quote unquote miraculous comeback on a tired defense in the Super Bowl. It hurts. It hurts. All right. So, uh, got it ready now. So, this is God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. Um, we'll be right back. You, you love how I move you. You love how I touch you, my one. When all is said and done, you believe God is a woman. And I, I feel it after midnight. I feel that you can't fight my one. It lingers when we're done. You believe God is a That is God is a Woman by Ariana Grande from her album Sweetener. I, I never listened that far into the song. Well, that, yeah, we're, that's straight from the video. Oh, okay. Yeah, the recorded version <laughs> does not scream like that. Yeah. And I think there's also a spoken word section from Madonna. Oh. Um, it got kind of weird. All right, so. The topic that we uh, well we started off with the uh, the Grammy announcement from the 2000 Grammys, the announcement for Record of the Year, which went to Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas, um, a VH1 All Star, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the I think over time, 
I think it's going to have like waves as far as like, oh, wow, this is such a great song. And then like, this is the most annoying song ever. And then it back to, oh, this is such a great song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, we are talking about Santana's album, um, Supernatural. And I told I told Brandon when I, when I was asking to be a guest that this is the album that cheated. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, so the more I've thought about it, you could almost say that this is the precursor to what artists like Timbaland, Calvin Harris, David Guetta started doing. You know, all of them were, you know, accomplished DJs, but they weren't famous in their own right. So what do you do? You go get someone more famous than you, have them sing your song, and you just do what you do in the background. So this is the same thing, you know, it was almost Liz Farian of him. He was a legend in his own right. You know, everyone who called it, well, not everyone who Carlos Santana was, but, you know, if you were into music, Carlos Santana was a guitar legend. He was already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. When this album came out. There was out. nothing really for oh, him wow. to prove. He just wanted, <laughs> he wanted to be famous. He wanted to be more famous. He wanted yeah, recognition. He, he was, I guess he, you could say he was a musician, musician, or guitarist, yeah. guitarist kind yeah. of person. Like, we knew who he was. Um, and, and I'm not even going to lie, like at that age, because I was, you know, younger, I wasn't that familiar with him. I knew some of his songs, but I couldn't point him out. And that was why when the first time I heard Smooth, I'm listening to him like, wow, man, like Matchbox 20's got a really good guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the credits came up, I'm like, oh, God, that's Santana. You know, I recognize the name, but I didn't know what he looked like. <laughs> it was kind of that way for me, too, because I had heard... Um... Oye Como Va yeah. many times um, and Black Magic Woman. Those yeah. are the only two songs I knew by Santana you pre-Supernatural. <laughs> 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 um, and to hear this song like, oh, that's a, a, a that's a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. And then it was on um, uh, the pop station in Augusta. Mm-hmm. Every single day. God, that song was... And you couldn't escape it. It was on the, v, the VH1, their Top 20 Countdown show, which I'm not sure they still do anymore, but right after uh, Savage Garden's run, oh, Truly God. Madly Deeply, oh man, it seemed like right after that, it's Smooth by <laughs> Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Um, and it seemed like it was number one for like six months. Yeah, it was. it was literally <laughs> everywhere. And, of course, you know, Matchbox 20 was a popular band in its own right. I want to think they had just released. So their first album had just kind of come off of its run, Yourself or Someone Like You, because he references, you know, kind of being in Santana's shadow on their second album in the song, in the video, Unwell. Um, But this kind of put Rob Thomas on the map and really, if anything, really put Matchbox 20 in a good position. You know, when they released their second album to be a really pop, like they were popular before, but now you're the dude who sung with Santana on this worldwide smash hit because this wasn't just big in America, this was big worldwide. So that opened them up to a whole different audience. Uh, so, the uh, as I said, he was already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when this album came out, and it is the highest selling album of, a, of original material by an artist who was already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And the second highest selling overall 
behind the Beatles one compilation. Wow. Mm. Uh, 30 million copies Worldwide, around yeah. the world. Jesus. Yeah. This was, this was a beast of an album, but Brandon, why I say this out, al- this is the album that cheated. <laughs> this wasn't Santana. Like, Oh, you know what? I got this great idea for this next album. Oh, it was a great idea. All right. <laughs> it wasn't his idea. <laughs> <laughs> it came from, and this is another person we could put in the, the, the category. We have the David Foster, the Diane Warren. Mm-hmm. This is the Clive Davis. Yes. <laughs> so Clive Davis and Peter Gunn-Genbarg, um put together this, uh, conceived this album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they came with this idea. Let's get this guitarist and let's just have other people, you know, do songs with him and he'll play guitar on all of them. Um, not to say that that was a bad idea. But it kind of feels like it was um, it was such a fabricated album. Yeah. And the guy who's supposed to be in front of it, his name's on it. But it's like he's not the face of his no, own he's album. Not. He's not. You know, he was with, along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Like with Smooth, everyone knows Rob Thomas. Everyone knew of Rob Thomas at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that kind of helped it become this the smash shit that it was. And this was a time where... You have the Latin explosion, Jennifer Lopez, Ricky Martin, Enrique Iglesias, Shakira, or, or we thought Lou Bega, <laughs> <laughs> who is not Latino in any way. Not even close. <laughs> but uh, part of the this, the Latin explosion, then we have like basically the, the I think there were people who were like thought he was a new artist as well. I feel like it. You know, if, if this came out today. And like he did a song with Kanye West, they were like, "It's really cool of Kanye to give that." <laughs> the same thing they said about Paul McCartney. Yeah, it's really cool of him to give that Carlos guy a shot. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Would it be a hit today? Keep that in mind. Uh, so, Brandon, with uh, with all that being said, what was your like first impression of hearing this, uh, of hearing anything from this album? Fun fact. Uh, the song, well, but my first, uh, interaction with this album was the song Maria Maria mm-hmm. featuring product G and B <laughs> who just so happened to be from my hometown of Hempstead, Long Island. Whoa. And they were also by, I, I believe my uncle was their role manager. So I heard that song nonstop when I was a kid. I um yeah, that was one of those songs to where like Smooth is being played on VH one, Maria Maria is on B E T. M M T V, yeah, both of those. Non stop. And for those like, who uh, who weren't sure, uh the product G and B that it's Gangsta and Blues. That's where I got that from. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think if this album were to come out today, I think that would be the bigger song. Yeah. Bigger than Smooth. And I think you'd probably have one of the bigger rappers of the day on it and as well. Like maybe you have a verse from Wyclef if he still produces it, or you just go out and get like whoever the like maybe Cardi B is on it, or you you go find like a really popular oh, rapper. Car- I'm I I would be surprised if uh there was a I don't know if there's a third one, a third of these albums coming. 
but Cardi B <laughs> has to be on it. Oh yeah. Well, so he did. He sort of did that a little bit later. So of course we talked about before Shaman, which was the album that came out right after this one. But then there was another album that he did that was full of covers, and he goes and he gets popular singers to sing on it. So he got. Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach to sing um, a Deep Purple song. I think it was Smoke on the Water. And then he gets Nas to rap Back in Black. He got Gavin Rosdell to sing a song. He got you know Chris Daughtry. I cannot think of the name of it. But it's like a covers album that he did. Let's see here. Like, I think, I want to think Chris Daughtry might have. Yes, Guitar Heaven, the greatest guitar classics of all time came out in 2010 and he had a whole lot Chris Cornell song whole lot of love um he teams up with Rob Thomas again on Sunshine of Your Love yeah yeah India Ari on While My Guitar Gently Weeps Photograph and Yo-Yo Ma and yeah Yo-Yo Ma Chris Daughtry on Photograph um yeah Jacoby Shaddock on Smoke in the Water Pat Monahan on Dance the Night Away which was already a cover (laughs) so that's kind of funny uh, Gavin, yeah, Gavin Rossdale on Bang a Gong, uh, Joe Cocker on Little Wing, Ain't Superstitious, Johnny Lang. What happened to Johnny Lang? That's another episode, but what yeah. happened to Johnny Lang? Oh, Deluxe Edition. <laughs> deluxe Edition. Fortunate Son with Scott Stapp. Someone got mad about that. <laughs> Someone got mad. Japanese Edition, LaGrange. <laughs> to the cover of LaGrange. Wow. So he went basically went back and did it again. With, you know, only this one was not as, you know, as famous. So I think at this point, maybe he just wants to have fun. I mean, like, you know, Smooth, while I think it has a great guitar solo and a nice little, you know, guitar lick that I think it's very known. um, This probably was not a hard record for him to do. (laughs) You know, like he didn't really have to do much writing. Um, And honestly, I would not be surprised if they just said like, Here's the track. He listened to it and then like did two takes of like guitar work and that was it. It's kind and of they like just a, kept the best. <laughs> of, uh, if anybody is familiar with the trumpet player Donald Byrd, uh in the seventies when um like jazz artists would get these big record deals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh but someone like like a Donald Byrd or Miles Davis Someone produced a track for them and have like some sparse lyrics. Yeah. You know, anyone who's heard Donald Byrd with his album uh, Places and Spaces or um, 72 Tomorrow, uh, the Mizell brothers would write the song. They would arrange all the other, all the instruments, everything like that. Donald Byrd would come in and, and play trumpet over that. <laughs> See what Carlos Santana is. Yeah. So the format isn't new. Yeah. But. It's just still out of where that it was this successful. Yeah. He sold 30 million records doing yeah. it. Um, so, Brand, you said like you heard Maria Maria nonstop. Uh, were there were there friends or people at school who like couldn't stop listening to the song, enjoyed it so much and it drove you crazy or was it the other way around? Non stop. I didn't I didn't. It took me a very long time to actually like it. Because at first it was like, oh, this is cool. These guys are from around the way. And then we heard it every day. <laughs> but uh, like, I would say mm-hmm. in the last, I in the last maybe four or five years, I've grown to appreciate. No, me too. And I, and that, I think that's a very fair statement. It is one of those songs that took me a little bit longer to really get. 
um, when it came out in 99, I think I was probably like a junior in high school before I really started to appreciate it. Not junior high school, junior college, excuse me, before I really started to appreciate it. Um, other guest artists on the song, on the album, uh, I actually did have this album. Oh, for real? Is it Radio Contest? Yes. Nice, nice. <laughs> the infamous Radio Contest. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dave Matthews, uh, Everlast, even though he was on Ben's one hit wonder list. <laughs> I, and that's, that is probably eight. It's tied for smooth with my favorite song off that album. I really mm-hmm. like that song. Uh, of course, Rob Thomas, uh, Lauren Hill and CeeLo. Um, uh, product GMB, uh, produced by Wyclef and Jerry wonder Duplessis. Um, Eagle Eye Cherry, mm-hmm. another one hit wonder that we've talked about, and Eric Clapton, another guitar legend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got an all star, an all star lineup. Um, trying to find out how this album came to be, as far as the the idea to put it together. Um, you know, it's a guy who maybe had nothing to prove, but like you said, he, he wanted he wanted to be famous, or Clive Davis wanted the world to see him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know if Arista is that label still around. I feel like it's not. I don't think it is. But you know, maybe Arista. He wanted to have one last big run <laughs> with with an artist on this label. He also started J Records. Yeah, he sh- he started that shortly after, I believe. So. Um, you know, one last big album. Maybe it was the the album to get him out of his own contract, maybe or whatever. <laughs> but um, to put Santana in a in a pop spotlight, um, I don't. I wouldn't say it was a gamble. It was it was an interesting idea, but it's kind of hard to look at the album as Santana's album. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean. You outs- the only thing really that you have is you know there's some deep cuts that are similar to stuff that he's done in the past. Yeah. Um. But outside of that, like on the on the popular tracks, if you don't know his guitar tone, you don't know it's him. Outside of the like little bit of talking he does in the background of Maria Maria, but then again, how many of us know his voice? So like, no. you know, you don't really Look, know. There's it's a picture him. I saw recently. I didn't know he was bald. Oh no. What? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. He's bald. Because he always wears a he always wears a hat. hat. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it, it does not feel like his album. The songs were not the style of Carlos Santana. No. You know, they no, just weren't. The only distinctive part is his guitar playing. Mm-hmm. And you have to know his tone to know it. Like, and if you don't know his tone, then you're just gonna be like, oh, uh, you're gonna be like me, like, oh man, like. That Matchbox 20 guitar player got really good, man. <laughs> Kyle Cook got really good. That is his name. Look it up. Kyle Cook. He is an AIM graduate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with the uh, look at the, at the chart success here, uh, with Smooth, uh, Atal Shure um, was the original songwriter, and the lyrics were taken off. And the song was given to Rob Thomas, who rewrote the lyrics. 
ooh, I want to hear those original lyrics. And uh, it was recorded. He recorded it as a demo. Santana decided to have Rob Thomas on the on the song. The initial uh, Matt Serletic, who's the producer of this track, orig- uh, Rob Thomas originally had George Michael in mind to sing the song before Santana oh, wanted him to do it. So imagine George Michael on Smooth. Much different. <laughs> so much different. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, Thomas wrote the, rewrote the lyrics for his wife, Marisol Maldonado. Uh, guess the race on that one. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he stated in the interviews that the lyric, my Spanish heart of Mona Lisa was inspired by the Elton John song, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, which references the song Spanish Harlem by Ben E. King. Okay. But, uh, yeah, 12 consecutive weeks at number one. And um, it was the first chart topic song for Santana. His previous one was Black Magic Woman, which peaked at number four. Yeah. So I found an article here that actually gives you a little bit of history. Um, So it talks about, you know, how it was the most successful album of, of 1999. And, has you know, it's gone on to be one of the most successful of all time. Um, talks about how he had not been a commercial um, viable commercial entity since the early 70s, had not recorded an album in seven years, and there hadn't really been much demand for one. Of course, like you said, he had just been inducted in the Hall of Fame the year prior, 1998. Um, so when Santana approached Clive Davis, the legendary record, record mogul who had signed him to Columbia Records in 1968 about helping him piece together a collection of songs that would appeal to contemporary pop audience, audiences, Supernatural deemed, uh, seemed destined to become one of those mediocre prestige albums that wins an obligatory Grammy and is ignored by the rest of the world. But they were wrong. Mm. <laughs> it was more than that. So um, it really just kind of seemed, you know, like you said, it was Clive Davis's idea. You know, how can we bring you to the contemporary pop audience so they can know who you are? And yeah. it just did. It was, it was bigger than they thought it would be. <laughs> it kind of ran away. <laughs> Yeah, um, Smooth also has the distinction of being the final number one Hot 100 hit of the 90s. Nice. And it was also the number two Hot 100 hit of the 20th century, like of all time. It was the it was the what? <laughs> the number two Hot 100 hit of the 20th century. Yikes. So it just it just had staying power. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is the only song to appear on two decade in billboard charts. And it is ranked the most, the second most successful song of all time by billboard. So interesting, interesting thought here. See what you all think of this. It said, so, but supernatural did something else as well. So hold on, let me see. Supernatural not only remade his career, but it made him even more successful than he had been in his early seventies. heyday. Even now, it must be considered the greatest comeback in pop music history. But Supernatural did something else as well. It cut Santana off from the rest of his career. If you cared about Santana before Supernatural, you were precisely the audience that Supernatural was intended not to reach. In fact, if you cared about Santana before Supernatural, you probably hated Supernatural. (laughs) It was Santana's, quote, Kokomo, (laughs) which which makes Rob Thomas his John Stamos. Thoughts? (laughs) Thoughts? <laughs> Damn. Wow, that is uh Music AV Club comes through again. <laughs> that's that's harsh right there. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, there's worse people you could be compared to, Rob Thomas, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought that's 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 very interesting. Like, yeah, if if you liked him before Supernatural, if you liked his 70s stuff, you were probably just like, rah, 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 I'll never buy a Santana record again. <laughs> what the hell is a white clef? Yeah. <laughs> I know about a treble clef. I know about a bass clef. I don't know nothing about no white clef. Um, a little bit more here. There we go. All right. So, um, <clears throat> another, uh, Another hit song, another number one song was Maria Maria, of course. Uh, now, Smooth was number one for 12 weeks. Maria Maria was number one for 10 weeks. So, Santana dominated the fall of 1999, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the winter <laughs> as well. And... Um, this is another Grammy-winning song. Uh, Santana featuring the product GMB, produced by Wyclef, of course. It won Best Pop Performance by a duo or group with vocal, but somehow product GMB did not receive a Grammy for it. Oh. I'm not sure how that is. Um, I don't either. That's weird. And there's another version of the song with Mark Anthony. Singing. I would like to hear that. Uh, of course, song number one in Canada, France, Germany, Sweden, and Switzerland. And um, uh, this was uh, Santana this- also opened a re- opened five restaurants with the same name. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and um, yeah, like we we never really heard from the product G and B again after this. I blame Wyclef. I remember that they had one other song on a Dr. Doolittle soundtrack, and that was the last I heard of them. That's really sad. Um, I was trying to figure, like, who did they work with? Uh, they did, um, they did vocals for Praz's Ghetto Superstar album. And then Wyclef convinced Clive Davis to release Maria Maria as a single. And that is how we know. Um, now, the song ended up being uh, sampled for Wild Thoughts. And wh- what do you think, Brent? Do you think, like, the, the legacy, quote-unquote, of Maria Maria has been ruined by DJ Khaled? <laughs> Only because it's DJ Khaled. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> what do you, What do you think, Ben? Um, I don't. I would say it has been ruined. Only I don't think a lot of people who would be into this song anyway know Maria Maria. Famously, I saw a meme that said, "Um, this dude played you know Maria Maria," and his daughter was like, "I didn't know Wild Thoughts had a remix." So they don't. They don't even know. They don't care. <laughs> so it's still cool to us. I like the I like the I like the song because um combining it was combining like reggae with R and B and hip hop and then you have Carlos Santana playing on top of it. Mm-hmm. I think the mixture of that is what appealed to a lot of people. Um Maria Maria did not annoy me as much as Smooth. Um like I can go back and listen to it and um 
I'm I find that it's still a really good song. You don't think Smooth's still a good song? I it, like I said, it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like initially, oh, this song sucks. Oh, this is good. Yeah, oh, this is this sucks. I I will say well, I, I found new life, <laughs> and when I started when I started learning more instruments and appreciating how well each instrument was played. I don't know who played everything other than, you know, he, I know he played guitar, but like, it's a killer bass line. Like, and that bass player and that, that rhythm section is tight. And so like, I think that's where the new life for listening to that song kind of came from, for me at least, where I listen, I just go back and like, wow. Yeah. Um, and I guess I can look here and see. So Benny, something or another played the bass. I cannot get that name. And then Rodney Holmes played drums. Um, like that, that, that rhythm section was just on point. Um, and that's, that's where kind of, I found the new, you know, new life in listening to that song. It's really good. Smooth makes me really miss early mornings on VH1. I could. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, just early mornings on like music TV in general, like you don't get, (laughs) you don't get it anymore. You know, it's kind of sad. Um, another the of course the next single, um, put your lights on with Everlast. Uh, I believe this won a Grammy as well. Like so, you'll you'll find out that this this album dominated at the Grammys that year. Of course, yeah. Um, it was a very personal song written by Everlast, who had just suffered a heart attack after releasing his album. He referred to it as one of the most personal songs he ever wrote. And uh, he had just, he had recently converted to Islam. And he ends the song uh, saying the words, La ilaha, la ilaha ila Allah. There is no God but God in Arabic. That's what he's saying? Yeah. I thought he was just saying, La, 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 la. I thought he was just, okay, huh. And uh, it was actually Santana who reached out to him. So maybe he did do some production work. <laughs> he reached out to Everlast, asked him if he could contribute a song for the album. And he gave him Put Your Lights On. Santana loved the song. And uh, it was all put together pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it's a good song. And Santana also insisted that the Arabic words be included. After he recorded them, he was unsure about keeping them. Santana convinced him to keep them. Nice. Uh, so, Brandon, what do you think of this of this particular song? I, it's it's one of the songs that missed me until this past weekend when you when you asked me about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I. I I, I dig it. I dig it. But I did, did had no idea that like I didn't guess that's what homie would be saying. Yeah, me either. I would have never known that. <laughs> it's like oh, that's like whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 I would say it's it's one of the songs other than Smooth and Maria Maria that I obviously already knew that stood out to me. Um, I was trying to find the 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 awards that it actually won because it it won a lot. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, 
Oh, is there any song or any deep cut that kind of maybe stuck out to you as far as like, oh, this was a pretty good song um, and it wasn't a single, Brandon? Mm, I wouldn't so. I don't think so. No. We're losing them. Oh, you still no. there? Hello? Yeah. Okay, you, you were cutting like out a little bit. Okay, no, now we got you. We're going. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was another. That that one was a single, correct? Which one? Uh, what's the name of it? The one was the gentleman speaking Arabic. I'll put your lights on. That was a single. Yeah, that was single. Yeah, that was a single. Yeah, had a video too yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, that now like D D La the very first song Yaleo mm-hmm. it was the first song yeah okay <laughs> it was the first song I just bought a new car it was like the first thing I played on the sound system <laughs> <laughs> and like the I love like I love the bass line on that one it, like I like it's like moving constantly uh, what about you Ben any mm-hmm. track that sticks out to nah, you Nah not really there wasn't. I, I I'm I, I'm here for the singles on this one <laughs> because I'm not a I'm not I'm not a big fan of Carlos Santana, you know I am the person that this album was meant to reach, so the other songs on there that sound like older Santana don't really do it for me, you know. So yeah, I was exactly because I liked I liked this the singles from here, and the album we talked about earlier, Shaman, where he did the same exact thing. Only he got Michelle Branch. He got Music Soul Child. Um, he had P.O.D., which I think, you know, he did, did the same thing that um, Santana did. He's like, hey, P.O.D., you guys got a song you want to put on this album? And I'll just solo over it. <laughs> like, that's solo. what he did. Was yeah. with, with with Shaman. Okay, this was three years later. Mm-hmm. This was on Arista. It was co-produced by the Clive Davis. Um but yeah, yeah, Soldier, Michelle Branch, Seal, Macy Gray, mm-hmm. Citizen Cope, Chad Kroger, Dido, <laughs> Placido Domingo. Oh, the Malta. Placido Domingo. Oh, the Malta, yeah. Um, so I, I haven't listened this, to this you album. You could say Carlos Santana did a, uh, imagine if if DJ Khaled played guitar. Yeah, no, he did. He was the Nick, <laughs> he was the Nick Fear of guitar. <laughs> like he just went and got yeah, yeah, nothing at all was my favorite from that game of love was really good I got to game play that love. Okay. with the jazz combo at West Georgia that's the song I remember from this yeah. I really don't you don't remember why don't you and I get together I just knew that was the dude from the calling yeah he was in the video being so early 2000s like he had his like his knapsack bag that the shoulder over the shoulder um, chest bag with his camera. You know what I thought you were going to say? What? He was wearing a throwback jersey. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. Oh, man. Um, yeah, the only song I remember for that is uh, The Game of Love. Um, even though Rob Thomas did come back to do, he wrote nothing at all with Music Soul Child. Yeah. So, uh, oh, also, The Game of Love was co-written by Greg Alexander, who I believe is from the new radicals yeah that is you only get what you give yeah uh-huh 
Um, so he is a two hit wonder, I guess, on like the writing a, side. That sounds like that could have been a song by them too. Now that I'm thinking about how it goes, like it's got a it's got a Latin feel to it, but the piano chords are blocked out. They're just the way he did it, and you only get what you give. Good lord, that makes so much <laughs> sense now. Oh God, that makes so. I hear the. I hear it. Oh God, I hear it now. Wow. Yeah, I totally hear it. Um. So yeah, we got a. Uh, yeah, shaman was you could call this supernatural too. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to see how it did. It peaked at number five on the Hot 100. Um, yeah, I think I think Supernatural caught a moment in time. Yeah, like and not to mention like you didn't have so as good as some of the songs on Shaman were, you did not have a powerhouse single or singles like you did from um, like you did from um, Supernatural because you can kind of see if you look at it, you can kind of see what they thought the singles would be. So honestly, nothing at all was probably supposed to be Maria Maria part two, because, and I'm saying this from a musician standpoint, he starts out the first verse playing, um, playing flamenco style, a uh, nylon string guitar. And in the second verse, he moves into the electric, just like on Maria Maria. Same. Ex- so he's probably thinking like, yeah, this Maria Maria. I just don't have a classic riff. He doesn't have that. Right, like Clive, we could just do this again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. He's like, come, come on, on, man, I got my nylon string here. I'll play that first, <laughs> then I'm moving to electric. They'll never see it coming. <laughs> and I think, why don't you and I and Game of Love were supposed to be smooth? Yeah, like I, I really think that. And I think honestly, had he I had think Chad, Game of Love was supposed to be more smooth. Yeah, than, if he yeah. had Chad Kroger though, I think that could have been bigger because Nickelback was huge at that time. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. 2002. This is how you remind me was everywhere like that could have been yeah but i and i can't remember why they had to re-record it but that could have been yeah so um this said supernatural won nine grammys uh record of the year album of the year best rock album um best pop collaboration with vocals Best Harbor Force by Duo or Group, Best Pop Instrumental, Best Rock Instrumental, Best Rock Vocal Performance. Be- and it was nominated for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals, but it lost for it, it was nominated for Love of My Life, but lost to Smooth. Love of My Life by um, Common and Erica Badu. No, oh, uh, Love of My Life with Dave Matthews and Carter Buford. Oh, oh, God, I'm thinking of something else. Uh, totally different. different. The, no, it lost to a song. Another oh, song, a song on the, on the album. album. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it says here he became the first Hispanic to win Record of the Year. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. Hmm. Have, has anyone else, has Pitbull won one yet? Has he? Record of the Year? I don't yes. think so. As a matter of fact, if we get a Supernatural 3.0, Pitbull oh, will be Pitbull on it. Pitbull right. will be on it. He's probably mad he missed the first two. <laughs> He's just waiting. He calls him up like once a year. Hey, man, you want to do another Supernatural? <laughs> so uh, to give you some context of, of who's Supernatural beat for album of the year. Millennium by the Backstreet Boys. Classic album. Fly by the Dixie Chicks. Jesus. <laughs> when I Look in Your Eyes by Diana Krall. I didn't really care for that. And Fan Mail by TLC. 
I like that record, but I'm not going to pretend that it should have won album of the year. <laughs> but yeah, Millennium and Supernatural and um, Fly by the Fly by the Dixie Chicks was a great album. That was probably their last really good album before um, you know the stuff in in London. <laughs> but they wanted they won they won an album of the year later. Yeah, after they came out with Not Ready to Make Nice, right? Yeah, yeah. They had a comeback, but taking the long way. Well, that it, was yeah. that was like eight years later. Yeah, because <laughs> after that, just I mean, like just like these folks out here burning Nikes, they were ripping up, they were Shut breaking uh, Dixie Chick records. I can only imagine what would happen. See, I feel like now, like because back then there was not a side that embraced the Dixie Chicks when they said these things about about Bush and um, the UK. It seemed like it was like, like everybody. If yeah, like if Twitter existed. Then, but if they did it I today, okay. Like one side would hate them, the other side you'd have rappers doing songs with the Dixie Chicks if they did this today. <laughs> They'd be like, Oh man, I'm rushing out to buy like black Twitter be like, I'm rushing out to buy a Dixie Chicks record now. That's what they would do if they said that in, in London. Goodbye uh, Earl remix. Yes. Young Thug. Like that's oh, what would happen. <laughs> Goodbye Earl featuring Earl Sweatshirt. I could see that too. <laughs> but that's what would happen now if like if they did what they did back then now about Trump. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a small population of people that you don't want to be associated with anyway that will probably, you know, burn your shirts or whatever. But like, everyone else is like, yes, I am here for the Dixie Chicks. I am all about the Dixie Chicks. Yes, that is how we have changed. <laughs> Nearly <laughs> twenty years later. Fine today. Yeah, it would be totally okay. They'd get cheered. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to look also at the. Song of the Year, uh, which I think they won for Smooth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we show the record of the year to start the show. Pull up uh, Song of the Year. All right. So it beats uh, I Want It That Way. Oh, that's such a good song. Uh, Live in La Vida Loca. Wow. <laughs> Unpretty. Wow. Probably the, in my opinion, the best song from that album, actually. And you've got away by Shania Twain. Oh wow. Okay, not the strongest crop that year. <laughs> no, not the strongest. I know I wanted that way gets a lot of crap for his lyrics, but in terms of combining all three, I think it does. Sa- it sounds nonsensical. It is nonsensical. It <laughs> but look who wrote it: a dude from Sweden, Max Martin, <laughs> who thought. Who said when they said hit me baby one more time and they're like that sounds abuse he's like nah bro it means call me back like he just <laughs> of course his lyrics don't make sense he's <laughs> <It's> Max Martin <laughs> they're like your lyrics don't make sense but does it sound good I'd say but you'll remember them though like um uh god was it Hong in uh what was Ken John's character in um The Hangover Two. Yeah. He's like, but did you die? <laughs> did you die? Max Mars like, but did you remember the melody? <laughs> They're like, oh, he's got a point. He's got a point. It's like, everybody with the lyrics are. This song's getting played at proms and graduations. Yes, everywhere. <laughs> 20 years later, play that opening guitar riff. People lose their mind. I know. I've done it. <laughs> they lose their mind. It's crazy. Oh, man. And, um, with and with since I believe like these were like his first Grammy wins. Uh 
Well, he he had one Grammy before uh, for a song called Blues for Salvador. Um, but yeah, this was, this was the, even though he was already in the rock and roll hall of fame, this is the album that put him on the map. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I feel, I, and we say that it, it cheated because of how it was put together. Yeah. Let's get these artists and, um, let's put the face of, let's, let's make him the face, even though he's not going to sing if mm-hmm. he'd sang at all. No, he was never a singer. And the guitar solos probably aren't memorable. No. I, I mean, mean the one on Smooth isn't yeah. bad, but like like the one on um, Maria Maria's, other than that, it's not very memorable. It's just not. Nor is the one, in my opinion, on the Everlast track. But, man, that's just me. Um. So, Brandon, what what do you think is like the if there is a legacy for this particular album? If there is a legacy, but in terms of black people, <laughs> Maria Maria will always go off at a barbecue. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I, I believe that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but yeah, that would be like the main the main shining point from this album other than smooth because there's also the other side of the coin of uh, those who are not black (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah Uh, so yeah I guess it depends on yeah what side of of the fence you're looking from (laughs) mm-hmm um, what about you, Ben? What do you think? If there is a legacy, what is it? No, I think there's a legacy. And I mean, it's to people who were into that, into music at that time, you know, you might not realize it was one of the biggest albums of all time, but you definitely knew that you could not avoid, um, you could not avoid the song smooth, which almost seemed, it seemed like it almost like, was an overnight hit. You know, it's, it was released on June 29th, which is really funny because it was not released ahead of the album, which is almost unheard of nowadays, but it was, um, you know, released June 29th and seemed like it just became a hit. The, the second the needle dropped, it became a hit and you could not avoid it. And, you know, back then it's not like I wanted to, I loved the song. I love Maria Maria too, but I think, you know, I think in my opinion, the legacy of this album are Maria Maria and smooth. I, I think that's what, that's, that's what everyone knows. Instead of supernatural honestly, they could have called it smooth. That could have been the title track. You know, it was Maria Maria. You think it was a concept album? Yeah. Like it was literally, those two singles were literally that big. They defined the record. Put your lights on a great song, but like there were, it was defined by those two records. It's not the same record without those two songs and that's what they tried to duplicate it on shaman aka supernatural 2.0 because it was not you know the success that they thought it would have initially is what it would have been without those two songs so he owes a he owes a lot i think to rob thomas and to wyclef all right um i have nothing else to add on this (laughs) 
Um, I think it was summed up perfectly by saying the legacy is those two songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I say it sold thirty million. Thirty million copies. That's back when a good single could get you record sales. Oh yeah. Two good singles. <laughs> <laughs> and your and your Latin. Man, please, this is gonna sell everywhere. At this time, at this time you know, like another what was another um, song of the year nominee? Living La Vida Loca. Come on. <laughs> Come on. How does how is that song nominated for song of the year? Like who was like, man, this song really speaks to me. <laughs> um well, at, <laughs> this is what I think it is, honestly. Um, certain people, most likely white people, oh God, <laughs> gravitate to Spanglish songs. And don't get me wrong, I loved that song when it came out. I'm not even gonna front like I didn't like it. I had now. That's what I call music. Despacito, Ben. Oh God, I Despacito. It was. I was literally. About to say that. Despacito. I hate that song. White people gravitate to to Spanglish songs. I hate that song. Well, especially when you got Justin Bieber on it. That helped. Yes, it was. It was. I'm trying to think of how to combine Spanish and Canada. I can't think of how to do it. Kanglish. <laughs> if you threw an A in there, it'd have been Kanglish. Spanida. <laughs> Sounds like a dish. <laughs> We're Spanida, um, please. You know, all the the song the the song that Beyonce was on the remix, which I thought that's what made it a hit, but if she wasn't on there, it might have been a hit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um Cardi B. Um the song and the, the the I like it that song. Mm-hmm. I like it. So yeah, I think Spanglish songs bring the white people to the dance floor, <laughs> and they try to dance without moving their feet. Oh, am I white? I do that sometimes. I know. Twist a drink. It's just like, oh man, just stay right here, Ben. Just all right. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, all right. Brandon, I feel like you do that too. Maybe not. It's been a while since I've danced, danced. <laughs> but, but do you do you know that you would move your feet? No, my feet would move. Okay. <laughs> Which is weird because I move my feet more when I'm playing guitar and dancing than I do when I'm actually dancing. <laughs> um. So yeah, that would uh, that would do it for our discussion on the um. Supernatural, the Supernatural album, the album that cheated. <laughs> and um, while I'm trying to get it pulled up here, I'll tell you about my earworm of the week. Uh, three, four weeks later, this song is still very catchy to me, and I enjoy listening to it. And the video always makes me laugh. And uh, of course, I am talking about Moo by Doja Cat. <laughs> 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 and I'm making this an earworm because it was just added to Spotify. Oh, nice. <laughs> because she had to record different versions for it to be played on radio. Yeah. This is it's like an extended version. Um, well, yeah. Well, yeah. On she was funny is that she recorded the um, the clean version. She did it on Instagram Live. And she recorded I it on Instagram Live? 
yeah, like she was she she was on Instagram Live while recording the clean version. Hmm, okay, interesting. Because she she was like, uh, she's quite hilarious. She was like, "Bitch, I'm a cow." Wait, I can't say "bitch." Uh, <laughs> trick, I'm a cow. Okay, trick, I'm a cow. And she was recording the vocals nice. on Instagram. Like it was it was pretty funny. And uh, for anyone who has a chance, if you follow Genius on YouTube or Instagram, listen to her breakdown of the lyrics. You wouldn't expect that. But uh, just a second to pull it up. Okay. Like The crazy thing is I've had an album of hers on my phone for months now. And none of that sounds like this new song. No. I've heard a couple of other songs. No. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. All right. So this is uh, Moo by Doja Cat. And we'll be right back. So that is Moo by Doja Cat. It's a single as of right now. And uh, she said she wrote the song because she's trying to play something on the keyboards. And her the sleeves of her outfit were getting in the way. And it's the, the, the spotted black and white one that she was wearing in the video. She said, I'll just write a song about cows. <laughs> Um, so that will bring us to the end of our program. Uh, Brandon, we always ask if people want to be found, where can they find, where, where can you be found if you want to be found? 
I can be found at uh, where can I be found on <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter at father underscore clef. I am usually posting something about wrestling and or comic books and or New Jack Swing. All right. Uh, ben, where can we be found? I don't want to be found. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for the show. Right. <laughs> Roll credits. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. So we're, on, we're still live, right? Yes. Okay. So, hey. All right. Hey, what's up? Um, so if you're watching us, you have found our Facebook page. If you're not watching us, shame on you. Watch us next time. It's pretty cool. We play videos sometimes, like we're MTV or VH1 or yeah. BET. Whichever you grew up watching, that's what we are. Um, or, or if you grew up watching The Box. Yes. and, if, and I, like, I did not grow up with The Box, <laughs> but apparently Ben did. How about you, Brandon? Did you grow up with The Box? I did not. Extra points if you had the money to actually request a video on the box. Mama like you got your mama, yeah, yeah. Miss a video. Let's get a video on the box. Um, so yeah, so if you're watching us, you find our Facebook page. If not, check us out on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Our website is also www.bythetimeyouhearthis.com. If you want to check us out on the gram, you can go to our page at by the time you hear this. Now, the website, as well as our uh, Facebook page, are spelled with the word you. That's Y-O-U. For those of you who can't spell, I'm sure there's someone who can't. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram, it is you with the letter U, and that is because... We're urban. Yes, we are. And not under investigation. Or jealous of ev- everyone. Yeah. Everyone. I-, I heard a tape of him talking to Bob Woodward. Um my God, that man is so insecure. <laughs> he is so insecure. Or maybe it's just that you're nervous that you're going up against the guy who broke Watergate. Just saying. Just saying. It's like, well, there's a... And Bob Woodward's telling him, you know, basically there's like, there's some stuff that... There's a lot of stuff going on in this book. So you're saying it's a negative book? You said it's a negative, said book. A negative book. I just said there's a lot of stuff. stuff in it. I tried to get in touch with you. Ah, uh, well, you know, it didn't get to me. Whatever. It did. You probably like Bob Wood, until someone told him, like, you know, Bob Woodward's the guy that broke the Watergate story. It's like, oh, crap, get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. <laughs> um, but I digress. Um, so if you want to hear us on um, one of your newfangled mobile, mobile devices, um, you can check us out at iTunes. You can also check us out on the Google Play or Google Music app if you have an Android device. Um, if you have. Um, well, I guess this is on all of them. So CastBox, Overcast, Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, some of the apps that we're on, as well as ListenNotes.com. You can go on there, check out the great show notes that Greg puts together. Um, so this week, of course, we're talking about, why am I forgetting what we're talking about? Um, I'm not going to forget. My memory is not that bad. Santana. Santana, yes. Supernatural. Damn it, Ben. <laughs> I need more B12. <laughs> Santana, Supernatural. So you can go on there and check it out. Uh, we're also on Podomatic, so give us a listen, leave us a review. To quote um, the great Bomani Jones, if you leave us anything less than five stars, I'm going to assume you're a hater. Mm-hmm. I will assume you're a hater. I won't find you, but I'll assume you're a hater. <laughs> I will look for you. I will find you and call you a hater. <laughs> I was listening to the Rewatchables, and they reviewed that movie, and they were talking about like how that ushers in like this new era of you know of action movies, and they were like. 
what really worked about that movie was that you actually had a good actor. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone couldn't deliver that line. <laughs> couldn't deliver that speech. They're like all the previous, like, you know, you can't they can't like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're like that's what makes that movie is that you have a, a good actor delivering what is probably one of the better speeches in an action movie and you believe it it's like damn man he's about to and the 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 speech was so good it was put on the poster yeah <laughs> i mean that was the whole trailer wasn't it the first yeah you're going to be taken <laughs> like and that and what was sad is like even though that was the best part of the movie there were still other great like when he he puts the guy in the room and he's like, I will leave this on until they shut the power off due to lack of payment. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, so um, we will find you if you don't leave us a five star review. We'll get Liam Neeson. <laughs> we'll get Liam Neeson to come and find you because he fought a wolf. <laughs> with, with his bare hands. <laughs> glass bottles. We got to find right. someone that can do an impression of Sly Stallone to do that speech. <laughs> I'll find you. I'll kill you. I'll find you. Um, all right, so we have a choice here. Since we didn't play any music during the conversation, we can either end the show with Smooth or Maria Maria. We're black, Maria Maria. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. We're urban. Yes. We're urban. All right, so. Also, also Spotify. Uh, my guy's here. Why don't you uh, sponsor them, you know? They're cool. They oh. can hold you down. They brought me over. So, sponsor them. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, we're going to end the show with Maria Maria by Santana featuring the product GNB. And uh, we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Peace. 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 Harlem. She lives.